One more time, give the Lord a shout of praise, would you, real quick. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 and look at the 14th verse with me. I'm not going to go long, but the Lord really gave me something that I believe is for all of us. I know in particular why he gave it to me. I know sometimes there are, you preach messages and it's for a person, but it's for everybody. I feel that way today. And I want you to read this with me. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, For as many, are you there? Is it on the screen? All right, read it with me. Ready? One, two, three. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Let's read it one more time. Would you read it one more time? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, I went to college. I have a dual major. I got a degree in business administration and a degree in business management or marketing. And my ring has a BBA on it. I mean, that's just the natural side of things. And that BBA was not a zero because it was self-worth, self-actualization, self-structure. It is something nobody in a worldly sense can take away from me. And it was tools, just tools. Like you, if you were a carpenter, you have to have saws and hammers and and you have to have, uh, you know, tools that help you get the job done, nails. Um, however, the nails and the saw and the hammer uh, won't do a thing unless somebody uses the nails, the tools that are, in the, that are in their possession. So building things, you can use the tools. Now, when I was growing up, my dad never had tools. If you're a young man in this room, and you might have been like me, my dad would never go buy a tool. If we needed a screwdriver, it was a knife in the drawer. We, we, we tore up more furniture, you know, go get the blah, blah, blah. He, you know, we're going to dig a hole. Go get that blah, blah. And it was never a, a shovel. And so, so it, but when I got older, I determined I was just going to have tools. I got a garage full of just tools. I don't use the tools, but they in the garage. I've sharpened every battery. There's not a battery in my, in my garage that, didn't, that, isn't, that isn't charged to the full. And, you know, it's, I mean, I got the tools. That's my education. It was just tools. It's tools. Um, and there, there are some benefits to the tools. I'm not saying there are not. But I want you to know something. The tools that, that I got from college on the whole or from instructions, which is thank God for instructors because they help us to add information to something we may already have. You have the Bible, you read books. One of my favorite books that I would encourage every one of you in this church to read. If you've never read it, you have to read it. If you've read it, read it again. How to be led by the Spirit of God. Brother Hagin wrote that book, and I love the prophetic ministry of Brother Hagin. He's gone on to be with the Lord, but what he gave us as a church was an amazing thing. And the thing that Brother Hagin would always talk about, he would always say this. He said, To be, I'm a man of the Word and a man of the Spirit. I'm a man of the Word and I'm a man of the Spirit. I'm a man of the Word and I'm a man of the Spirit. So in church, we have the DNA. That's the, that's the structure that we're built on. That's the DNA. That's, that is what God puts in the church. And what we are as a church, it's our DNA. Salvation, redemption, renewing, whole, baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, we just go on about healing and deliverance and prosperity. Those are all the foundational principles found in the Word of God. They are there. And, and we have different levels of those. And what is, you know, I, you know I, a, a great church. Church is amazing to me. 
And I, I talked about this last week, but let me say it again. When God puts us in a place and assembles us together, and he said it that way, I'm assembling you. I'm not gathering you, I'm assembling you. You're put together, I'm assembling. He says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. So there were those who were assembling differently, but God intended for us to assemble in a place that we fit. It may take years to do that, but God wants to assemble us where we can worship and praise and glorify and, and, and receive the highest levels of benefit that are available to us. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? And so you're here today because that's what you've done. But if we're going to continue to have an amazing church and reach our city, what did God call us to do? And, and what, what, what did I, because it happened this morning, I woke up and the Lord really ministered to me that many of us are simply trying to get natural tools in the earth. We're going to seminars, we're going to, you know, you know, you know if we took some of the seminars y'all go to and look at the ministries that were developed out of them, they did good, but nobody else did. That sounds terrible. But, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're building people, then they ought, to, they ought to experience what you're building. Somebody ought to shout out amen. If you think, because you, see, I don't think I can build Family Worship Center because I went to the University of South Florida. Did it help to have the tools? Yes, because you could draw on additional tools, but it wasn't the tools that made it happen. They work in me. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? It's me working the tools. They work in me. They don't work on their own. So once you get the tools, what are you going to do with them? And many have tried to build ministries off of tools. And I used to, I used to, I mean, we got to sit under Brother Hagin under Pastor Reggie's ministry. Pastor Reggie was like a son to him in the faith. And so he was there constantly at our church for weeks at a time and so on and so forth. And I was just a young guy. And I was, I'm extremely observant, so I'm watching everything that's going on. I'm picking up, I mean, everything they would, that I could see that was valuable. I grew up in a pastor's home, so I could see what was different, you know. And so I would try to pick those things up. But the one thing that I understood from what Brother Hagin said is, he was a man of the Spirit and of the Word. The Word and the Spirit. And I watched people leave. They'd come in. I mean, ministers, all the big ministers, all kinds of ministers would come into the sanctuary, listen to him preach, and they leave, and all they got was Word. No offense, but that's all they got. They leave. Some of them, uh, you know, built churches just by, you know, their, uh, their uh, uh, you know, uh, persona or whatever. And, and all I could think about every time I'd see this, I'd watch them go out, and, and these Word churches were always... Nothing but the word. They were boring, dry, dead. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're a Holy Ghost person, you're going to be a Holy Ghost person. I want to tell you now, if you're a Holy Ghost person, and I'm thinking about my own kids here, I'm ready to get them somewhere where they're going to learn to dance and shout too. You better learn to dance and shout at Family Worship Center. If I've got to grab you by the arm, I'm going to drag you in the, in the, aisle, in the aisle make you dance. And somebody look at your name and say, you better not. I did that one time when we were a young church. I grabbed this guy. And I was determined he was going to run. I mean, the whole church was running. He's going to run. So I grabbed him by the arm. I said, come on, let's go. He said, nope. I thought, he's just being, he's going to run. I know he's going to run. I grabbed him again. Come on, man. We got to take off. You need to take off. He's going to break something in your life. Nope. I asked him one more time. He said, sir, I'm not going to run around this church. (laughs) I really, I realized real early in the ministry, you can't make somebody do what they don't want to do. If, if you don't, but you don't understand, some of that is, is your personality holding you back. 
I, I don't think running breaks anything down. I think obeying God breaks it down. Somebody ought to say amen. You're not going to break anything down because you took off running around the building, but I can tell you this. There's a good chance God's going to tell you to run around the building. You ain't going to do it. And if you don't do it, you're going to find out you're going to miss a blessing because there's obedience in running around the church. Oh, ain't nobody heard a word I said. We're too religious. Y'all are just too religious. You know, if you're going to come to Family Worship Center, you've got to get rid of that religion. Somebody say amen. I'm getting rid of religion. They leave and all they had was word. Now, everything's founded on the word. No doubt, everything in the Bible is, is, is everything we need. We're not missing anything. God, God gave us every answer to every problem and every condition in the Bible. Nothing you'll ever experience, nothing you're ever going to go through, nothing you've ever uh, uh, staggered at, no challenge you're facing is unanswered in the Bible. Now, either you can believe me or you can keep fighting me. Because there are people in this room that you keep hanging on to your condition because you haven't decided to find out what the Bible said about your condition and decide to put the word over it. This is where husbands and wives look at each other and she said, I told you you need to. <laughs> and then the man gets mad and says, you ain't telling me nothing. Do you know? <laughs> but I want you to know something. Every challenge, every condition, Every problem, every issue, every situation is covered in the Bible. However, God doesn't just speak to us from black and white letters. It is when what's in the Bible becomes more than a black and white letter. It has to become a revealed will. It has to become revelation to us. We continue to operate in our lives. Many of us are operating in our lives in deficits in our lives because we have not come to the point that we understand it isn't just the Word. You can't build a church the way God wants it built, being a spirit person, knowing about the Holy Ghost, and only relying on what you know in your head. I don't care how much you get in your head. I don't care how many seminars you go to. I don't care how many great men you sit under. If it's not the Holy Spirit that you're listening to, you're coming up short. Okay, I'm preaching real good now. Because God wants to build families. He wants to build people. And he wants to build us. He says it this way in Psalm 127.1. Pay attention. I I have to preach this. You've got to hear this. Psalm 127.1 says this. Accept the Lord. All right, look up at the screen because many of you are watching Facebook and stuff. I don't want you to do that. Nobody's laughing. That's because you're watching Facebook. Look at the screen. Read it with me. Except the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. Brother Richard, I'll talk to you. I got up this morning. I got in the car, leaving my house. And the Lord came in my car. And said, except the Lord build the house. He said, unless you follow the Holy Spirit. It started ringing. I started writing. Jumped in my office. Sat down at the desk. Started putting stuff on paper. I got stuff. I got papers. 
in about 15 minutes. And the bottom line is this. We got to stop operating in the natural and thinking that's the answer. And start operating in the spirit because that's where the answer is at. He will honor the word. He will show you the word. He will fashion things after the word. Yes, the enemy attacks, but greater is he that's in me. See, if you don't have the Holy Spirit on this, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, you're letting the devil ring you around a post and he's got you chained up. But you've got to let the Holy Spirit give you the answers. There are answers to everything you need in life and the Holy Spirit wants to show them to you. Unless the Lord builds the family. See, it didn't just stop. See, I am the house. Am I not? You are the church. You. You're the church. Thank God he's fashioned us together and assembled us here. But you're the church. When he's talking about building us, he's not talking about building family worship center. But if he builds you, it'll build family worship center. See, lest the Lord build your business. Lest the Lord build your church. Lest the Lord build your ministry. Oh, I know you thought you could do it. The smarter you could get, the more degrees. I could go get 10 more degrees. It wouldn't change the fact that I need the Holy Ghost. And if I don't have his help, none of that's going to change. It's just tools, but they are used by me. And when God uses me, he uses the tools that I have. But it is the Holy Spirit that makes the word work. I hope somebody's hearing what I'm saying. It's time for you to switch gears. I don't want to hear about the next seminar. I don't want to hear about the next great person you sat under. Unless the Lord told you to go there. I'm not telling you. If the Lord told you to go to a seminar, you go to the seminar. But if you just went, good for you. But it ain't going to change the fact you need the Holy Ghost. Look at your name and say, you better have the Holy Ghost. You better have the leading of the Holy Ghost. You better have the direction. Lest the Lord builds the marriage. I'm preaching so good right now. I, I am preaching so good. Oh, I know you thought you could build it. I know you thought you could yell about the trash. If you read a good book, I like to read marriage books. I read them. I have to have them. I like to counsel. I counsel good with more, more information. But it is when people come to me. See, you, you guys will come to my office. You tell me what I told you when I told whatever. I don't even remember telling you that. I nod and act like I knew. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I had tools. And I've trusted the Lord to speak to you through the tools. The choices that we make and the places and the relationships that we develop should be directed by the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm going to go sit under so-and-so because that's going to make a difference. If I get under them, they're going to make That ministry is going to prosper because I got under so-and-so. And I was sitting under his ministry. Well, I was sitting under his ministry. He's going to put his hand on me. And if he puts his hand on me, I'm going to be something. No, you're going to be something if the Holy Ghost puts his hand on you. You've got to have the help of the Holy Ghost. You cannot do it without the help of the Holy Ghost. Your business will flourish. Listen, I'm going to read this to you. It says, that, lest the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. And except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman watches in vain. 
I want you to say that about me. I want you to say, unless the Lord builds my house. Listen to this. Except the Lord build the house they labor in vain that build it, all the works of men in building independent of God are in vain. This psalm teaches man to depend on God for success in building lasting things, whether it be houses, families, businesses, national societies, and everything else. God has to be the core of the decision. If you want help, it's got to be God's help. God's help. Listen to this. The theme of psalms is the human enterprise only succeeds by divine blessings. Listen to this. Let us always look to God's providence in all our affairs and businesses and family. We must depend upon his blessings. You know, this scripture goes on to talk about raising kids and all those things and what a blessing of the Lord is. But I want you to know something. Unless you put God in them, you haven't done much. I don't care what NFL team they play for and how many millions they pay them. If they don't have God, they don't have anything. Listen to me. Just listen to me. Why can't we do it with God? Why can't all that we do be with God? Why can't it be, why can't we put God in the center of what we do? Why can't we make God the source of what we do? Why can't we decide that to be that way? Why can't we decide to honor God with our lives? Many of us just live lives that we know are wrong. We've accepted Christ, but we continue to live lives that we know are not right. And I'm going to give you the answer. You want to know why? Because you're living by your head and not your heart. You're living by your head and not your heart. Man believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth. Didn't say he believes in his head. Said he believes in his heart. When you sit in church and you come and worship God and his presence comes into the building, there ought to be something stirring inside of us about being better or doing better or working for God. I want you to know something. Your culture doesn't mean anything compared to the Bible. God doesn't honor culture. He honors his word. I don't care what culture says. What does the word say? I'm not getting a lot of shouting on that because we just, well, that's what we do. Well, my family cooks with rocks, underground, and banana leaves. We do things called hungies and umus. I come from, my mom was born in Samoa, or Tonga. She didn't move to New Zealand until she was 18. She was all Tongan. I'm partly Tongan, whatever that is. And when we went over there, we cooked on rocks with banana leaves. I don't do that here. And I don't want you to criticize me because I don't cook on rocks and banana leaves. Something, something's changed now, right? I cook on a stove. When we get saved, we keep doing things over and over again like, like our culture somehow dictates that that's okay. We can live this way and act this way and, and, and continue on this path. And yet, you're not doing what the Word said. That means that you're disobeying the Word at the expense of the culture. You've decided the culture is what you're living for. We don't live by culture. We live by the Word. Look at your neighbor and say that. You don't live by your culture. You live by the Word. Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. Turn over there. I'm almost done. Can't help it. I went long in Sumter. You're going to get it long here. I'm going to read it with commentary. You ready? 
starting at verse 15, Ephesians 5, 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. Be extremely careful then. Take extreme heed therefore. Look therefore carefully how you walk. Not as fools, but as wise. Not as men who don't know the meaning and the purpose of life. There's a meaning and a purpose to your life. God wants to do more than you've ever imagined with you. And you can walk like you don't know that purpose. You can act as if you don't know that purpose. When the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go and he won't depart from him, he didn't say raise him, he said train him. That means how you, you, you go into boot camp, you don't just go there and do what you want, eat when you want to, act like what you were the, 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 the guy that's training you doesn't just, you know, not eat and he don't run with you and all that stuff. He's training you, training you. He, he's got the uniform. He's got the body. He's got all the words. He's got all the stuff manifest. He looks like the Army, Navy, Marines, whatever it is. And he's training you and he's got you running and he's running with you. He's got you jumping. You're jumping. You're running. All the things that they make you do. That's a, that's a parent. That's a mom and a dad. Our kids watch what we do and either they reject it totally or they become it. What are you? Have you decided that the word is more important than the culture? You decided to just decide how it's going to be. Well, I can just live any way. God's okay with it. I'm not preaching against sin. I'm preaching about living right. I'm preaching about God wants to bless you from the top of your head. To this. You, you know, people come to me and say, well, I'm blessed already. But how blessed could you be? I don't know where you could go. I don't know how much you could have. How far could you go? What is the distance that God wants to take you? If God says this, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of a man the things that God has in store for them, the distance you could go is limited by the obedience you will show. I want you to go all the way, man. I got three kids. I hope and pray and train and make sure I, I want to put my daughter's uh, school thing what do they call power school I want everybody to see it 100 100 100 100 I want them to see that my wife's a teacher let me tell you something my daughter my wife has trained that girl she shopped like my wife she dressed like my wife she looked like my she, my wife has trained her and that 100 100 100 100 is wife training do you understand what I'm saying? Because if it was me, it'd be like 50, 50, 50, 50. <laughs> Trained her. Does anybody hear what I'm trying to say to you? God wants to work so much in your life. As we begin to obey him, the blessings are tied to your obedience. Lest the Lord builds the house. When will you let God build, literally build your house? When have you decided that he's first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Let's those, and, and all these things will be added. You're running for things. Run for God. Run for God. Run after God. Seek God. And say, God, this is my challenge for all of you when we leave this room today. I want you to leave here today. And I want you to ask God, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to live? 
how do you want me to obey? What are the things I need to change? And the word will come in you. Because I can preach at you and come at you and come after you and all that stuff. That's wrong because God wants to bless us. He wants to bless me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. He wants to keep sickness away from me. He wants to bring prosperity to me. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Oh, I just if I could just get it inside of us. Go on. Let's just go on. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Make the most of every opportunity and make the best of that time. Make the best of that time. Make the best of every opportunity. Wherefore, be not unwise. Don't be thoughtless, inconsiderate, or vague. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Here's the biggie. You ready? When I started Family Worship Center, I never dreamed I'd have a church in Sumter. I was 14 years old. The Lord spoke to me. I heard his voice. And he said, it was, actually, it was actually when I was driving through Florence. My mom and dad pastored in Latta. I would go see them or Dylan, and I would go see them on my way from Florida. As I was coming through Florence, the Lord said, this will be where you'll start your first church. This will be where, back then I didn't even, we didn't have multiple churches and campuses and all that stuff. I didn't even know what that meant. And the Lord said, this will be where you start your first church. When I was a kid, he said, you'll be a missionary to America. Back then, who in the world was going to be a missionary to America? I mean, the Lord's speaking, and I'm just trying to pick this stuff up. But it's, it's in line with the Word of God. He's, we're going to build churches and houses. And there are, you know, I mean, this is the extension of the Lord. But the only way this stuff came to pass was by the leading. Here it is. Be not unwise, redeeming the time. Be not unwise, thoughtless, inconsiderate, and understand what the plan. That word will there is the purpose, plan. Uh, this is the, the will meaning like, a, like his ultimate demands so that we can know the plans of the Lord. So I can know what his plan is. I'm not just running around hoping I hit the plan. Can, can you see it? Can you understand what I'm trying to tell you? I'm not running around hoping I hit the plan. I went over there and bought the building in Sumter. I get over in Sumter, I buy the building. We get in the building, I constructed the building. I put walls up, put all this stuff up. It was, I mean, we had it done. It was going to be amazing. We were ready to open. Three days before we opened, the city comes in and says, nope. But the Lord had showed me the building. The Lord had told me you'll buy it today. I told my wife before I left Florence, I said, I'll be coming home with a contract. I knew before I drove out the door, I came across that lake and there was that building. It didn't matter. I knew God had the deal. I knew God had the situation. I knew God had the information. And I heard from God, there's your building. I went in. I told him, this is my building. I signed the contracts and drove away. I put walls up. And then they said no. It didn't change me at all. I haven't changed my mind about that building. Every time they came in and said no, every time there was a problem, every contractor that didn't show up, every time there was an issue, because God had already said yes. 
I don't think anybody, are you getting, are you hearing what I'm trying to say to you? Some of you get something and start down the path and all of a sudden the devil comes and tries to stop you and you go, well, maybe it wasn't God. Did he say it or didn't? Have you grown yourself enough that you understand to hear and listen to the will of God? When he speaks, did you know he talked? Did you know he said it or did you just run off and do it? You don't run off and do it. You do what the Lord speaks. You follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I go over there and build this building. I start working on it Easter of last year. We're finally at the point where we think we're going to be able to walk in the building and have our very first service in the sanctuary at Easter this year. Took me a year. I hadn't changed my mind. I haven't shaken one time. I haven't because I knew. I understood. I understood. Be not unwise. Understanding the plans of God. Man, if you don't get this, I, this has got to get in you. I've got to get it in you. So as we were doing this yesterday, I have to take Brian to go take his SAT at Sumter High School. I'd been to Sumter before three times with my other son taking SATs, ACTs, and all this stuff. So I follow Apple Maps, and it always took me some weird, weird way, and I'd always end up there, and it seemed like it was like miles from the church. And I'd always ask the Lord, I want to be near the high school. I even looked at buildings near the high school. I thought, but we'd just be near this 5A high school. People driving by all the time. The traffic that's coming is new and fresh every year. It's great. It's what I want to be, somewhere near that kind of energy. And I love Starbucks. No, no. You, you have, if you want to buy me a gift card, that's the one. And now I'm not extra, extra large. I'm extra large. You okay? Extra large. My sons and I love Taco Bell. Don't buy a gift card there, they never work. But they love Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. And I like McDonald's, especially the French fries. There's no better French fry in all the world than McDonald's French fry. Somebody shout amen. And Chick-fil-A is like a stop every day. Let me know what I'm talking about. I love my chicken sandwich. I love my Chick-fil-A. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm driving down this road and it takes me a new way. I drive up to this corner. Now I've been to the McDonald's at that corner. But they're building a new Chick-fil-A going to open May 15th. <laughs> I drive my son to the school on my way back as I'm driving back on the same road because the church is like a quarter of a mile. I've left the school realized that I'm at the corner where the church is at. The church is less than a mile from the 5A school. As I'm driving, they're building a brand new Starbucks on that corner. <laughs> Next to a Taco Bell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got my McDonald's, Taco Bell, Chick-fil-A, and my Taco Bell on the corner a quarter of a mile from my church. Because God, listen, this may sound funny to you, but God started working on the day I obeyed. And God started building a community around what we already had. He told me Florence shall flourish, it's flourishing. He told me Sumter shall surge, and it's surging. I'm going to tell you right now, when you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, it will make a difference. Go to the next verse. Let me get up here because you need to get this. He says, be not unwise knowing what the will of the Spirit is. You want to change? You want to see God doing something in your life? You want to see you making right decisions that will bless you? He says, don't be drunk with wine. Where is an excess? Don't be drunk with wine. Don't drink wine to excess, for that leads to pro, profit. I can't even read that word. 
messes. <laughs> Where it is riots, luxuries, debaucheries, confraternities, debauchery, so on and so forth. But be filled. If I want to know the will of God, see the difference here is that if I'm struggling in my life to make right decisions, right choices, and I think that it's only caught up in, listen, I want you to know this, listen to me. The blessings of the Lord make rich. Okay, I want you to say that. Blessings of the Lord make rich and add no sorrow to them. When God blesses you, it won't be like worldly blessing. When you obey the Holy Spirit, when you are not drunk with wine, wares in excess, but being filled, continuously filled with the Holy Spirit, it brings a life without debauchery. It brings a life that's full and fulfilled, even if it's not about having enough you know, because most of us are caught up in the got to have enough cash moments. And I'm not talking to anybody in this room. Don't feel this way. I've been here. I have the stories. What I have found out is that God's blessings are much better and much fuller than the world's blessings. And you keep chasing the finances thinking that's the answer. More money, more money, more money, more money, more money. If we do this, we do this, we do this. More money, more money, more money. And before long, you're going to be caught up in the money and not caught up in the word. And when you get caught up in, see, God don't mind you having money. He doesn't have a problem with that. He said money answers all things. There's nothing wrong with that. But he said if you'll seek him first. See, that's making choices that the Holy Spirit says, you can't go in there. I'll give you an example. When I was in college, you know, you guys are going off to spring break. If you're young, I'm all, I should have been done, but I can't help it. I'd get invited to parties in people's houses. Now, I'm a Holy Ghost person. I always have been. I'm not saying I've always been perfect, and nobody is, but I've always loved the Lord at a level I can't explain. And when I first started this, and I ended up in a bar somewhere, I always felt uncomfortable. I'm not talking about my flesh. I could be up dancing and doing all that stuff, but something on the inside would tell me, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. You don't belong here. And I could never understand, why don't I belong here? I don't understand. I'll tell you why I can't belong there. Because I am the temple. Some of you bar bar, uh, flocking folks need to listen to what I'm saying to you. You don't belong there. And the spirit that's in there will infect your flesh. No, it won't infect your spirit, but it will infect your flesh. And make you cold and indifferent when you need to be spiritual and accepting and and release God rather than the world. Somebody ought to say amen. I'm preaching so good. This is just really good preaching. I went to one bar. This is I told my wife the other day. I only really went to, after I had gotten out of high school, I only went to four bars. I went to one bar and everybody was drunk and I couldn't drink. I've never had a, a drink of alcohol in my life. I've never had a drug in my life, ever. Touched any of it. Now, I'm not saying, I, I think in some of those parties that I went to, people were smoking so much pot, I might have been high. <laughs> Don't get all spiritual on me. <laughs> I had a contact high. Is that what they were saying? Contact high. <laughs> And this doggone bird they had flying around, it was a great big parakeet, came and pooed all over my suit. I was covered with crap. <laughs> Hated that party. 
I went to another party and a friend of mine that was drunk decided to get up and start preaching. He got up on top of a table, started preaching about God. I'm sitting there listening to this. Everybody's partying there, smoking dope and everything else, and he's preaching. I know God's got him on the table preaching. Oh, you, I know. Wait a minute. That doesn't mean he believed it. It just means he was preaching. Donkeys can preach. Look at y'all. Look at y'all getting all centerly on me. Anyway, I've only been to four parties, never did any drugs and alcohol, and I'm going to tell you why. And I'm just talking to y'all. Y'all need to make adjustments in your life because be not unwise. Knowing what the will of the Lord is, but be continuously, ongoing, perpetually, that's what that says, filled with the Holy Spirit. The answer is... To let your house, your car, your life, your business, your marriage. I'm not saying sit with your wife and speak in tongues. I'm talking about have a spirit-filled life. And when you do, you will receive the plans of God. Now listen to me. There have been people in this room that wanted to go in the ministry. Their ministries didn't succeed, and I'm going to tell you why. Are you ready? People watching me online, this is why I'm saying this. Because you were led by your head and you were not led by the Spirit. Your greatest success is by being led by the Holy Spirit. Would you just praise Him a minute? Would you do it?